Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellen Boss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to continue our exploration of Pluto's entrance into the sign of Aquarius by doing some way too early horoscopes. So I say way too early because Pluto is not entering Aquarius until March of 2023, and then is only spending a couple of months, March, April, May, kind of into June, it retrogrades back out. <clears throat> so it's not a long stay, and it's several months before it happens, but still, because this is an outer planetary transit, it's going to spend like you know a couple decades in the sign of Aquarius, and because we're getting a first taste for it, I think it's a good time to to reflect on it. Pluto's turning direct and moving forward again, <clears throat> and is now on a direct path into the sign of the Water Bearer. So <clears throat> let's take a look at this and see what we can learn and and see what we might anticipate. We're going to take it through all twelve Sun and Rising sign horoscopes today, just looking at the house position and what kinds of topics you may expect. Uh, from Pluto's ingress in the spring, where you're going to get a first taste for the longer um, effects of Pluto in Aquarius. So that's what we'll do for today. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, share a few comments. All of that helps the channel to grow. You can always find a transcript of any of my daily talks, the written version on the website, nightlightastrology.com, where I'm also in the midst of promoting my upcoming class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, which begins on November 12th. You can learn more about it on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go under the courses page, click on the first year course. You can scroll down and hear uh, more about the course. If I had to put it in a nutshell, I would say this is a course that is designed to give people the tools to be able to read and understand your own chart uh, throughout the course of your life. This is an, an amazing skill to be able to have. It's I always say that it's like adding GPS into your car. It is incredibly useful to be able to read and understand your own birth chart, but it's also a course that is meant to prepare people who might want to read charts for others. So if you're thinking about becoming a professional astrologer, this course prepares you for that. If you're, hobby, if you're a hobby astrologer, then uh, this course is also for you. It is an exploration of Hellenistic astrology, which means ancient, the ancient roots of our tradition. Uh, but it also has a real modern sensibility. We are looking at things like depth psychology, archetypal astrology, in combination with the ancient, slightly more predictive approach that astrology uh, took during the Hellenistic period. You could say that ancient astrology is like karmic analytics. It has a lot to do with understanding the different seasons of fate and destiny uh, from a more predictive standpoint, whereas <clears throat> our inclusion of modern uh, archetypal astrology makes sure that we are also including a um, a real psychological and character-based component, which is also super important. Anyway, the other thing that this class is designed to do is to help people utilize tools and techniques in an artful way for the sake of serving our clients or for the sake of helping you know a family member or a friend or whoever or however you end up using astrology. To that end, we have a lot of clients, live clients that come in toward the end of the program, and I read for them, and then we break down the session afterwards. Throughout the, now, the classes meet on Saturdays. They're two to three hours each. They are live webinars starting November 12th from noon to about 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. But if you can't make it, everything's recorded, so you can take it at your own pace. Hear what some of the alumni have said about it. There's a video there you can check out. 30 classes on the year. We have a bunch of guest lectures outside of those classes. We have in-depth group webinar discussions. We have tutoring staff that are there to help you in that um, <clears throat> in that group forum. And we also have um, uh, breakout study sessions for people who need a little extra attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, with that being said, you can check out uh, registration at the bottom of the page. The early bird rate saves you $500 off. Be sure to take advantage of that before the start of the program. 
Uh, there's a payment plan that allows you to stretch it out over 12 monthly installments if that is helpful for you. And then, of course, we have our need-based tuition. Now, need-based tuition is for people who might be hurting for one reason or another financially and would like to study astrology but need to work within their budget. Um, we understand that people are in all different kinds of places and we don't want people to go into massive debt to do something like learn a spiritual science. So uh, we offer that for people who otherwise could not afford to take the class. So if that's you, for tell us your story, uh, use the apply now button and we'd be glad to uh, try to make it work for you. Okay, well, that being said, Pluto enters Aquarius around March 23rd of 2023. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, well, how is that going to affect me personally? So what I want to do now is we're going to bring up the real-time clock. We're going to go through all 12 signs and just give you a few things to think about. These are not in-depth. We're going to be doing more in-depth work closer to the time of Pluto's entrance into Aquarius. So this is sort of like the way too early mini reading. All right, let's start with Aries. If you are an Aries sun or rising sign, and I recommend reading for listening to the sign that corresponds to the rising sign of your birth chart, then Pluto is ingressing into your 11th house. Whoa, there's the big circle. There it is. It just, it made its first appearance. Don't forget me. All right, so here's here's Pluto in Aquarius in the 11th house. If you're in Aries rising, this means that you're you're going to get a taste for this between March and June, but it, it's also heralding a much longer and deeper season of transformation ahead when it comes to social groups. So social groups could be professional. They could be religious. They could be academic. It could be just in terms of a social circle of people that you, you know, you share something with, um, you know, in a more casual way, something that's rooted in just who, you know, who do I get along with and who do I align myself with socially? But also <clears throat> professionally or politically or academically or religiously, these are people usually in the 11th house who become allies. So when Pluto, the Lord of Death and Rebirth, enters this place, it is as though the landscape of your social life is about to change dramatically, deeply, thoroughly. And you're going to get a taste for that this spring. And that may bring new people into your life who are deeply beneficial, new collaborations or sort of social contracts with other people. It can also bring the death of old ones or, uh, a, a, or an existing one that's changing somehow dramatically. So that's what you want to watch for there. <clears throat> All right, we're going to put Taurus on the ascendant now. And we will, let's take a look at Pluto. If you're Taurus rising, Pluto is going to be entering your 10th whole sign house. Now that's the career house. I'm a Taurus rising, so I'm pretty excited about this one. Something about your professional life is about to change. The way you do work is about to change. <clears throat> if you have a, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have a business, the way you do your business is about to change dramatically. Uh, the daily, the way that your daily work life looks, uh, questions about um, power, authority figures, uh, development of your skills and mastery of, of things that you know. Um, Pluto entering the 10th house will change your job or your title. it give you promotion. It'll have you leaving your job. It'll sometimes mean someone's getting laid off somewhere. Um, it will also be about recognizing my calling. Oh, now I know. But because I know what my calling is, this powerful level of transformation is required of me. So you're going to get a taste in the spring for what Pluto in the career house looks like. But the, the main thing is that it brings this very powerful level of change into something about the way you're doing work, your vocation, your career, your title, your skills, 
or um, or where you feel like you need to go with those things and what kind of changes that that those change that what kind of changes that will bring along with it. <clears throat> so that's what to watch for there. Let's go to Gemini. So if you're a Gemini sun or rising, we're looking at Pluto in the ninth house. So when Pluto enters the ninth house, there is often three themes that come up, learning, religion or spirituality, and travel or let's say uh, long, long journeys or going abroad. I've seen people with Pluto. I remember when Pluto entered Capricorn and I was just starting off as an astrologer, I was getting into astrology, becoming a professional astrologer. It's a very ninth house is the house of astrology traditionally. Sometimes your religious or spiritual outlook is going to change deeply, profoundly as Pluto enters the ninth house. Other times you're going to see Pluto entering the ninth house corresponding with moving abroad, going into the Peace Corps, serving or doing some kind of creative work in another country. Um, you're going to see this as a time when you're returning to school, finding mentors or teachers, maybe a guru. You'll be finding that the religious or spiritual outlook on life is being powerfully transformed. Maybe you're developing a spiritual practice, or maybe you're taking interest in a subject like astrology. And it's whatever it is, though, it's a long and powerful journey of change that doesn't happen all at once. You get a taste for it this spring, but it is going to play out uh, for a very long time now uh, to come, a couple of decades. So it's like, you know, kind of, kind of a, kind of a moment of like, you know, buckle up. The paradigm is about to shift in a major way. Sorry, I don't know why my screen sharing stopped. So <clears throat> that's, if you're a Gemini rising, you're going to see that rather imminently. Now let's go along to putting cancer in the ascendant. This takes Pluto and puts Pluto into your eighth house. Now, one of the topics that can come up with Pluto moving into the eighth house is the topic or theme of death. Now, that does not often, that does not always or even often mean literal death, though it can. Uh, sometimes there'll be the death of a grandparent or, you know, maybe somebody passes away, but it's more about the recognition of one's mortality and how that starts changing you as a, as a, as a soul. What, how does that change your course in life to be more in touch with death, endings, finality. Um, this is a house where the facing of fear is also important, and uh, the sense of the sense of loss can be quite dramatic. The feeling that I'm I'm losing someone or something, uh, and that now I know that sounds terrible, like ter probably terrifying to some people, but th you can think of it as like the death card in tarot. The death card in tarot rarely means that you know something someone is literally dying. It can, but most of the time it means that something is being let go of. And so this begins for you in the spring with a sense of, you know, starting to let go of something. Now, the other thing that can happen is a spouse, a partner can start to, uh, their, their money, their business can transform dramatically. As Pluto enters the eighth house, it can be a sign of spouse or partner's money, business, assets, or resources transforming dramatically. That could be good or bad. It just depends on the circumstance. Sometimes someone's going to lose a job. Sometimes someone's going to suddenly make a million dollars. It just, it, it depends on the birth chart. But change, dramatic change around the assets or resources of the people that you rely on or are in partnerships with. It can also mean that assets through other people are coming into your life, such as inheritance or such as the joining uh, in a partnership or marriage of someone who has assets or resources, <clears throat> whether they are psychological or financial, 
Um, it could be either. This is about contracts, soul contracts that you have with other people that are going to start transforming your life in a very powerful way. And it's also about the transformation of different kinds of bonds that you have. So that's how I would, uh, that's, that's what I would encourage you to start looking at. Uh, th these kinds of things are also at a deep level about the codependent dynamics in our life. That does not mean codependency, you know, in a negative way, but where are we codependent and where do we need to be liberated from certain kinds of bonds and obligations to other people, or where are we forming them for the sake of, um, sharing the load in life, which can be very helpful. So th those are the kinds of things that I would watch for if you're a cancer rising. Now, if you're a Leo rising, we're putting Pluto in the seventh house, which is the place of marriage, marriage and relationship. So when Pluto enters that house, if you're in a relationship, it can be that a spouse or partner is going through dramatic changes. It could also be that you're meeting someone, falling in love, getting married, getting divorced. The death and rebirth there depends on each person's situation, but generally would, would point to a dramatic level of change, a deep and powerful, profound level of transformation happening in and through the topics of marriage, sex, relationships, um, the, the pursuit of pleasure with other human beings, um, any kind of meaningful partnerships, the introduction of those, the changing of those, the death of those, those are the kinds of things that you can expect with Pluto entering that house. Um, and again, because you can't just say, well, you know, expect that your relationship will end. For some people, Pluto entering the seventh will mean that it ends, but for some people, it will mean a new one begins. It's just Pluto is generally bringing that, that it's like, it's, it's like turning the soil over before planting something new. <clears throat> All right, let's go on then. And uh, we'll put Virgo in the ascendant. So when Virgo's in the ascendant, Pluto is in the sixth. Now, this is this this is maybe one of the more complex placements to explain for Pluto because while Pluto's in the sixth house, it can bring about things like sickness and chronic health conditions, and it, it can bring about health challenges and and things that are very frustrating and sort of it's like it's not you're dealing with it sort of perpetually. So a long season of Pluto in the sixth is not always like super fun. There can be uh, lots of challenges around health and the body and so on and so forth. But the other thing that Pluto in the sixth house can point to is the, the beginning of a great work. So the, the blood, sweat, and tears that we pour into something over a long period of time because we love it, because we just we just bleed for whatever it is that we like to do. Um, if you think about the what is required to be really great at something, you think about a Pluto sixth house process. If you think about the sacrifice required for something you deeply believe in ideologically or philosophically, uh, you think about Pluto in the sixth house. If you think about um, the work required to change, I have to work to not be, um, you know, a, an addict. People have to work really hard at that. People have to work really hard if they want to be in shape or if they want to be good at, at a skill or a craft or a trade or something like that. So anything that requires a lot, a long, lengthy process of hard work, sacrifice, um, a, a great, a great magnum opus kind of feeling behind Pluto in the sixth, but also again the potential for the the transformation of body and the the association of the sixth house with with illness, frustrations, and setbacks that you have to persevere through and overcome, and in that way you're being transformed 
through the act of persevering. Those are very sixth house-like qualities. Um, but I would also just look to where am I being called? What What is a great project that I feel called to, to serve, so to speak? All right, <clears throat> let's push on to Libra rising. With Libra rising, Pluto moves into the fifth house. And here we have a house that was associated with creativity, children, pregnancy, also joy, pleasure, uh, entertainment. So when Pluto enters this house, the relationship to pleasure and sex, the relationship to desire, joy, sensual, um, uh, sort of, what do I want to call it? S the, the, the gratification of our senses. And that does not mean hedonism, right? It doesn't mean just, just recklessly, self-destructively indulging in what is pleasurable. It could mean that. Pluto in the fifth house could point to a period of time where someone's going to have some really deep lessons around pleasure, sex, um, gambling, alcohol, uh, you know, addictive impulses that are related to, you know, the, the pleasure, um, pleasure seeking. So maybe there's some lessons around that. On the other hand, people that are pent up and don't know how to access joy, creativity, spontaneity, Pluto will enter this house and say, it is time to for a massive creative release for pent up or repressed energy, especially around pleasure, sex, joy, creativity to be released. So you can see that too. That's why the fifth house Pluto transit may also coincide with the beginning of having children or a long period of time where children are coming into your life or even just sort of metaphorically, the need for childlike joy becomes a, a, a serious matter. It's funny how Pluto can bring things to like life or death. You know, it, it's, it's life or death. Well, what does life or death mean when it comes to a place that's associated with things like pregnancy, joy, romance, fun, pleasure, entertainment, creativity? It means that it's very important that you be looking at those things right now, either needing more of them or needing to gain control over some of them. So, but that's where the focus lies. All right, let's move on to Scorpio. So we're putting Scorpio in the Ascendant, which brings Pluto down into the fourth house. Now, this is a powerful place associated with ancestry, with family, with home, with your living environment, with roots, and with what acts as the foundation of your life in the same way that we have a, the foundation of a house. So Pluto in this house brings death and rebirth in the family through the birth of new children, divorces and marriages. It brings it through the purchase or sale of a home or property, the purchasing of land, the transformation of your family home. Parents are moving out of it. Parents are, you know, letting go of the family home you grew up in. You'll see so many things as Pluto enters the first house that are emblematic of a long season of change ahead when it comes to family karma. This is the beginning of the period where you, if you're a parent, may start having to work on transforming the karma of your parents and their parents and how it's being passed along to your kids. It's about generational karma around the parent-child dynamic in general. It's also about what in your living environment is toxic. You'll see the, the mold or you'll see you know people um, dealing with things in the home and family that are dark or heavy and needing to transmute or transform them. So this is a, a, a very alchemical um, and, and powerful uh, transit to the area associated with home and your, and your parental karma, the generational karma, but also the living environment itself. You could be remodeling your home. Whatever it is, though, watch for the symbolism this spring. It will start to um, give you a sense of what this Pluto in the fourth house period is going to be all about. It's going to set the tone really strongly. 
Um, I've seen, you know, sometimes it's, again, it's like a grandparent that passes away while a sister is having a baby, while your brother's getting married, while dad is dealing with, you know, some health issues. You'll see this weird constellation of family events sometimes all at once, which is basically just pointing to the fact that these, this is where, these are the karmic fault lines. And this is where uh, things are moving in the direction of um, a lot of learning around, around, you know, Things that we're here to learn and grow from will start popping up around the topics of home and family. All right, let's go to Sagittarius. So Sagittarius puts Pluto into the third house. <clears throat> A house associated with mind, living environment, neighborhood. It's amazing to me how people shift and change cultural affiliations when Pluto enters the third house or when any planet ingresses into the third house. You'll see often, for example, um, that people change neighborhoods or that they may suddenly, like you could move abroad and suddenly be learning a new language, so to speak, but a new culture, a new language, transformations around your, uh, whatever is most familiar to you culturally and an examination and exploration of that. Like sometimes people become aware of the shadows of the, the cultural, the, the culture, the upbringing that they had in that culture. Um, it's also a time where your mind can be transformed, how you perceive and think about things, the new things that you're learning, a new powerful way of conveying information, media and technology, the need to speak something or write something, uh, thinking about communication, new forms or avenues of communication and the need to transform your life by, by shifting the way you communicate or by communicating something new or communicating in a new way. Um, Pluto in the third house can bring up the karma around siblings or people who are close to us, like, like, like family members. <clears throat> now, Pluto in the third house will also bring about the need for um, almost like a new frame of mind. That's what I want to call a new mental framework. And that transformation will begin in the spring. And it's probably happening because of things, things will happen around you that will have a way of shifting the way you think. You'll say, I'm just thinking about things from a completely different perspective. And then that gradually over a long period of time starts to have this really profound effect on your life. All right. Well, I don't know why sometimes my screen is just popping out. All right, let's go to Capricorn. So we're putting Capricorn on the ascendant that brings Pluto into the second house. Powerful time around money. Find There it goes again. It's so funny how sometimes when I start it and I haven't used it or like it resets if my screen goes down and then it goes back up, it resets and it's just like massive. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Here is Pluto in the second house. If you're Capricorn rising, Pluto's in the second. And we're talking about a deep, long-term transformation around your assets and resources, around business and money. I will say that Pluto entering the second house can be about something lucrative uh, that you have to offer or share, you know, catching on, starting to do well, starting to be seen or recognized, starting a business, or it could be that you're getting a promotion, or it could be that you're losing a job. Anything that represents a pretty deep and intense level of change around money, finances, and resources, things, things and people that you rely on to sort of prop you up are going to be changing dramatically. Now, I would think of this as a really good time to think or develop new ways of making money. I think it's a very entrepreneurial transit, one that could result in financial benefits uh, over time. Um, not right away, but you're going to start to see the evidence of change financially or in terms of business or how you support yourself. Sometimes Pluto entering the second will be a change of diet. 
like the, the, the things you rely on in the second house are not just money and finances, but food, clothing, any kind of resource that you basically need to survive. There's a fundamental change happening there. You might be buying nicer things, for example, or you might suddenly have more money and be able to, um, you know, spend on higher quality food or something like that. So, and I would also look at a change in value. The, a lot of what the second house, people always say that the second house has to do with values. It's not quite correct, but it is correct insofar as our values are intimately tied to what we have or what we want to possess. So a change of values happening uh, in your life, if you're a Capricorn rising, that leads to a change in how you prioritize your time, your money, your purchases, your income and expenditures, your energy, um, and so forth could definitely happen. So a value change leading to a change in terms of how you use what you have or what you desire or something like that. I could also see this again, just representing changes in an existing business or a, in a new, a new investment strategy, major new purchases or income um, or expenditures, stuff like that. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and um, we will move on to Aquarius rising. Now, if you are an Aquarius rising, Pluto is going to be in your first house. Now, that's a place that's associated with your identity. So this is super existential for Aquarians. You've had Pluto in your 12th house for a long time. It enters your first house, and it is all about, I. that the phrase is, I am becoming something new or something different. And that usually means that your psychology is changing as you make major or very significant choices about your identity, which may be correlated to your sense of what you want to do with your life or the role that you play publicly or professionally. Uh, it could be changing who you want to be with or don't want to be with. It could be about changing your sexual identity. It could be about major changes or challenges around health or the body. The first house is associated with health in the body. Um, and oftentimes when Pluto enters the first house, people have this desire to change their appearance physically, uh, and psychologically. I'm a new person. I look different. I act different. I think differently. The need to, you know, create personal and existential catharsis. That's what Pluto in the first house does. Also, you could say that it's about identity crisis, about the need for some part of you to die and be reborn. And that could be physical, again, in terms of your health or psychological in terms of your identity. But this is a long process. You are in the just the initial phases, almost like the, the Braxton Hicks of identity change. And you're going to start feeling that in the spring. I think that's a really exciting transit for Aquarians, honestly. I, I feel like Pluto in the first house, it can be a little scary, like change or die, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... But that, but Pluto will also make it clear that if you, if you sort of roll with it and and do the work of transforming, that you will feel revitalized and more powerful in your own skin, so to speak. All right. Well, last but not least, we have Pisces rising, which places Pluto into the twelfth house. <clears throat> now, the twelfth house is our blind spot. You're about to have Pluto in Aquarius for many, many years. So, what I would, first of all. The, something that has to be said is that there's just no way around a blind spot. Like you, It's like someone says, look, over the next 20 years, things are going to be gestating in the unconscious that um, you know, you'll get glimpses of, peaks of here and there, and they will transform you, but you'll really have no control over it. Be like, well, 
what am I supposed to do about that? You know, and the answer is sort of just go with it. Um, in the spring, March, say to June, pay close attention, late March to June, pay close attention to what kinds of things, what kinds of patterns are starting to pop up and start to think to myself, these are parts of me that have been there for a while. And they may not be, I may not be able to repress them any longer. And so dealing with what is in the unconscious, dealing with um, our demons, dealing with our fears and anxieties, dealing with um, a certain loss of control. It's like the more that we try to be in control of our life and just stomp out anything that makes us anxious or nervous, the more we are creating something that will eventually pop up and, and take over. Because it's it's how much we're able to allow for unconscious elements to be um, finding their place, you know, an integrated place in our psyche. Um, and it's it's how well we're able to do that that often de determines how destructive those forces will be versus how how smoothly they may be integrated. So Pluto entering your 12th house is going to take you on quite a ride. And Pluto in the 12th house can also be about a period of transformation that leads you off from a course that you thought you were on. The 12th house is about misdirection. It's about taking you off course, taking you away from the steering wheel. The stars can't be seen in the sky to navigate your ship by. So it's a meaningful period of losing your way. And that's the unconscious. That's something that needs to be, it, it, you have to make room for it. You can't try to fight it necessarily, although you can always try to learn from it and try to be, you know, have something of a reflective relationship with those powers. But this is a long period of time you're about to enter into where a lot of where you think you're going with your life is going to start to change and where you where you thought where you thought everything would end up is going to change and some of that will be extremely positive it'll surprise you in all the best ways and some of that will also be about letting go and learning from things that you know maybe have been repressed but um, cannot be any longer so uh, you'll note it and get the first signs of it this is why astrology is so helpful because you can start learning from and paying attention to these things this spring when they start to come up all right. Well, that is what I have for today. I hope that for all of you, you were able to get a few good insights that will you can start to work with as Pluto's turning direct and starting to move now toward Aquarius. We're not that long away. We're not that it's not that far from now where we are going to see this change coming. So I call this the way too early Pluto into Aquarius horoscopes, but you know, to me it's just about starting to anticipate and feel, you know, these are their fault lines psychically, you could say. And, you know, they're starting to tremble a little bit as Pluto's getting ready to change signs. So we may as well just start thinking about that area of life in which we are about to welcome this very powerful and beautiful God uh, into. All right. That's what I have. Don't forget the new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. Year one program begins on November 12th. I'd love to study with some of you. Come come check it out. I'd love to have you in class. There are need-based tuition contracts if that will help you at all. We also got the early bird payment and uh, payment plans. So we try to make it super accessible. Learn more about the program on nightlightastrology.com under the courses page. Any questions that you have about the course whatsoever, uh, info at nightlightastrology.com. Email us. Love to hear from you. All right. Well, that's what I've got for today. Hope you guys are having a good one. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.